is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanCarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanCarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Bean Carter. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan. It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. The Huge Show here on a Thursday afternoon. Thank you very much. MLB opening day. Exciting. Hope springs eternal. Here on the Huge Show. You can call the Mercantile Bank listener line. The 1-866-838-HUGE. Or text HUGE to 2100. Bill Simonson is off today, by the way. <laughs> I'm Dan Hasty. That's Nate Wangler. Hello. <laughs> For a minute, you thought he was in here. I actually put That's sunglasses impressive. on because I didn't want to look at both of you. <laughs> I thought you were just getting into character for a moment. I, I, I saw the shades come on, and it was, it was the red light came on, locked in. Method acting. <laughs> Superfly Hayes is our producer. Nay Wangler is here as well. I, by the way, I ate my lunch before this show started, and I just now realized that I ate way too fast. I, <laughs> I was about ready to keel over during that Bill Simonson impersonation. <laughs> I see the sweat beads on your forehead right now. I, I feel like the guy in The Bachelor right now. I'm just like pouring sweat. <laughs> It's fine. I can't see any on you, though. No, no pit stains yet, so you're fine. It's just it's on your face. Well, you learn to layer up as you get older. That's the reason right. you don't see any of that. <laughs> Happy opening day, by the way, Nate. Awesome. Happy to have baseball back. I've needed needed this bad. I've needed summer nights bad. And I know we'll talk about the West Michigan Whitecaps here in a little bit, but should be an exciting summer. And obviously a lot to touch on. Um, expectations aren't high, per se, especially when it comes to the Tigers, but still, still a few things we need to address. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, it's funny because they didn't exactly do a whole lot in the offseason. They made a couple of trades, and they made a lot more moves, I'd say, at the minor league level than at the major league level. But, I mean, look, this is a team now that has a different method of operation than they had the last time we saw this team take the field in a regular season game. Well, and what's disappointing about all of it is the fact that this rebuild will continue still for a few more years, and that's not what you want to hear if you're a Tigers fan. We've already waited, right? Post-2014, we've been waiting for this organization to get back to a point to where they could even compete. And the fact that we're still waiting, we still have to give Scott Harris that time to take, you know, to understand exactly what pieces he has and where he can go with all of it. Spring training numbers are one thing, but we still have to give him that amount of time to figure out exactly where he is. I mean, the the spring training numbers actually looked fairly good. Uh, I thought those were interesting. I mean, I, I think 
it's funny because spring training is whatever you want it to be, right? I mean, if, if you do well, then everybody can talk about how great you are. And if you don't, well, then we all just chalk it up at spring training. It doesn't matter. And I mean, so I thought they were good, and I don't think it matters. <laughs> I, yeah. I just don't. I, I think <clears throat> we're going to see a team. There's two versions of the Detroit Tigers that we've seen over the last two years. And this is opening day. So we'll take your opinions. We'll take this. And here's your huge question for hour number one here on the Huge Show. What is your boldest Tigers take in 2023? I'm not talking about win totals. We're not going to play the win total game. Tell me something that will happen this year. Tell me something that might be different. If you think they're going to be better than they were last year, there has to be something that happens that's an improvement upon last season because Nate, last season was the darkest timeline. Yeah. Yeah, anytime you get shut out 22 times in one season, um, that's not very good. And, and I know, I think it's a miracle, the fact that they won more than 60 games last year. That's a, that's a miracle in and of itself. It felt like every single night, every single day we watched this team, they were behind. Um, and even if they won games, it, it just, it, nothing about that team, minus the bullpen, was impressive. And that's, the, I think, the most depressing part about all of it. Yeah, let's It put was a, a great year for the bullpen. Well, so and on top of it, what does it matter, though? I it mean, doesn't. A good right. bullpen on a bad team is like putting a racing stripe on a minivan. Right. Lipstick on a pig, if you will. Yeah, exactly. So it, we had the impressive bullpen, but everything outside of that, you're right, doom and gloom from top to bottom. So you really can't go anywhere but up was listening to our buddy Chris Castellani, and he was on Twitter talking about this, and he was kind of giving his thoughts on what the season would be, and he made a good point. He said, if the Tigers' offense ranks even 25th in Major League Baseball this year, do you understand how big of an improvement that will be based on where they were last year? They were historically bad. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it would be like if I entered into the Olympic decathlon and you <laughs> saw all the contestants and then the name at the bottom and you're like, man, did, did he did, did he did he pass out? Did, did he lose consciousness? Because I don't know if he finished the race. Well, and with the, that's how far behind the Tigers were from every other offense in Major League Baseball last year. And they tried to not be with their offseason signings and especially the contract that they gave Javier Baez. The expectation was exactly the opposite for a lot of fans coming into that season. And then you open it up with a walk-off in the first game, and and everybody thinks we're on the way to a World Series, and then they drop off of a cliff. The expectation was one thing. The result was something completely different. And I felt like that was just last year was the cherry on top of the Alavila tenor in Detroit. I have some good news for you. Turns out that Pick the Stick is back this season. Oh, goody. (laughs) What, you're not excited? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, did I send some sarcasm well, there, Nate? <laughs> uh, Nate wanted to you, say you, something you, right you, there, you, and then he filtered himself out. Could you tell? You, st- you stunned me. He said, shush. That's what he said. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> All right, fine. How about this? Instead of playing that game, pick one stick for the whole season. One one for the whole season. I'll give you mine. 
I think Spencer Torkelson is going to figure it out. I think his big problem, and we talked about this with Bill on yesterday's show, was his fatal flaw was that he couldn't hit a fastball right down the middle. Like, we should all be so lucky. That's something you can figure out. Spencer Torkelson was hitting fastballs right down the middle that were just as fast as the fastballs he was hitting in college. I mean, guys throw 95, 96 in college, too. And he was hitting those balls 425 feet. He was doing it in West Michigan a couple of years ago. Then he got rushed to the major leagues. Say what you will, but it reeked of a regime trying to save their jobs. They moved him too quick. He hit 210 in AAA. Turned out he got overwhelmed. Now, granted, what you get with that is you get the opportunity to figure out what you need to fix. I think he fixes it this year. The, the only thing is, is that because he's a first baseman, he's got to be such a good offensive player because there's so many of those guys or dime a dozen, right? Like you can go pick up Jose Abreu in the off season for really not that big of an investment. So, you know, and we're spoiled in Detroit because probably the best hitter of the generation happen to be on the roster, happen to be the first baseman. But if you're going to be good, like you need production to rival the one that we had for so many years with Miguel Cabrera. I'll give you mine. After so many years of hearing just how dominant this stuff really is, just how dominant the fastball is, and we saw it in in small segments last year. And by the way, real quick, if you want to give yours as well, you can call us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. But this particular player, it's it's rare that I get the opportunity to go actually sit down and watch a game. You know, you and I, we both broadcast baseball, so rare is the opportunity that we actually get to sit in the stands and physically watch someone as a fan. I got to see these two teams that are playing on opening day right here, the Rays and the Tigers, last year at Comerica Park. Matt Manning got the start in that game. Went eight innings, allowed just three hits. He also put up, I think it was eight strikeouts. I could be wrong on that particular number. Don't don't quote me. Nate has a tendency to exaggerate stories. <laughs> so he probably, he probably went like five innings, gave up two <laughs> runs, and struck out three. And a home run. But we, yeah, it's, it's just a solo shot. It's fine. No. He's a resident George Santos. I think he has amazing tools. And I think, you know, we talk about some of the, what are we looking for out of this team? What are the expectations? Something else Chris Castellani said um, during that season preview that I, I thought I really liked is playoffs. That isn't the expectation this year. They're not, again, in my mind, they're not going to be a good team. But what exactly are we looking for in terms of milestones for Scott Harris when we get to the trade deadline and when we get to the draft? I think Matt Manning will figure it out this year. I think he will become the premier arm in that young crop that has come up through this minor league system for Alavila. And again, a slew of young arms. Pitching is the one thing that I think the Tigers minor league system has actually done a pretty good job at developing. This will be the year of Matt Manning. It's still yet to be seen, but I think he will take over. I think he'll figure it out this year. You know, Nate had one job, and it was to pick the stick. <laughs> and his answer was Matt Manning. <laughs> 
The hey, the pitcher. It, it, oh, pick the stick. Oh. <laughs> Is now a good time to tell you, I guess I haven't watched too much uh, Pick the Stick? <laughs> I think you told us that already. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Sometimes you say it without saying it. You're supposed to pick a batter, Nate. All right. Well, let's talk Javier about Baez. <laughs> All right. So here's the, another issue. And by the way, when I started with that, that Bill Simonson lead off to this hour, hour number one, I think I accidentally slipped in like a New York accent at one point along the way. I might have to hear that back at some point. All right. (laughs) Let's go state of the farm system because they're number 30. According to some, I mean, Keith law had them at the bottom. Is that fair? Is that justified? Yes or no. From what we've seen and what we understand, I, I think I think they were a little harsh on, on the Tigers minor league system. Obviously, the production last year, we, we've talked about across the system, everybody was bad. Um, not to say everybody in the minor leagues. I think it's a little harsh simply because just to have one player in the top 100, Jackson Job's deserving of that spot. But, you know, another name we'll bring up a lot and, and we'll talk about throughout the course of, of this show is Wilmer Flores. And he was someone that we saw in West Michigan. Um, put up 130 strikeouts, sub 40 walks last year, and really just dominated at the double A level. So the, the fact that we just have one player in the top 100, I think, is very short sighted when you look at this minor league system as a whole. Now, outside of pitchers, there's a lot to be proven, but I don't think they deserve to be dead last. By the way, Javier Baez got a base hit in his first at bat of the season. Tigers are playing Tampa Bay today. It's unfortunate that Nate's pick the stick was a pitcher. <laughs> I threw Javi in at the end. Well, one for one, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take 1,000 while it lasts. We'll talk a little bit more Tigers-centric coming up in hour number three. But as it pertains to the minor league system, I mean, you and I have a very different vantage point. We're lucky enough to be inside the Tiger system, to know the inner workings of that, even with the newer pieces that have come in on player development side. And I know with West Michigan having games coming up in the next week, I know that some of the other affiliates around the state of Michigan, I know one of our affiliates out in Midland, WLUN 100.9 FM, they've got the Great Lakes Loons, the Lansing Lugnuts will be back as well. So we're, we're close. I mean, we're, we're about to pick up. I mean, this is a week from today. Baseball in the minor leagues will be back as well. So this is kind of the, the last hurrah for people like you and me because we get a chance to sit in here. We get a chance to do this. And I think about what West Michigan could look like. I, I, and, I, and I know that some of those pieces were in West Michigan last year. And you talked about the organizational ranking dropping their number 30, according to The Athletic, in terms of the best minor league systems in baseball. I will say this. When you lose Riley Green, you lose Spencer Torkelson, you're going to drop. Jackson Job finished the year at West Michigan. Was, look, he looked good, but he's hurt. So the best prospect for the Tigers is the number three overall pick in the draft. Draft comes in July. Whoever they take will be the number one prospect. That will bump them up. But what will bump them up more is seeing more of what we saw last year 
from players already in the system. Think about Parker Meadows. He dominated in spring. He did great spring training. So to get him to a place where he reestablishes his value, they just need more examples of that. They need more people in the system to do that. I think Colt Keith is criminally underrated. Colt Keith might be the best position player prospect that the Tigers have had since Riley Green. He was great in spring training, too. So to get players to resuscitate their value, you know, I don't think it was a coincidence that last year Parker Meadows took off. I think they finally started getting him developed properly. They brought in new pieces. They worked a little bit more. They paid more attention to details that mattered. And we saw other players like him take a step forward. So now it's just about finding a way to find those other breakouts. They had Kerry Carpenter come out of nowhere. I mean, he was a little bit too old to be considered a big-time prospect, but he had 40 homers in the minor leagues. If they had Parker Meadows doing that, he would have been a top 100 prospect in baseball. So for me, I get why it plummeted, but I can see a path where it gets better. Not only that, but I like the part where you mentioned they've graduated a lot of that talent that they have been developing over the last couple of years to Major League Baseball. And again, that is that is why you're seeing it drop. Spencer Torkelson is a Major League player. Now he has to figure it out. Riley Green is supposed to be the centerpiece in that outfield. And, and in my mind, in terms of certain products for that outfield, he's the only real exclamation point. I feel like every other player can get rotated in and out, and they obviously have to figure out where they're going to put certain guys but when you graduate those players after years and years of developing these top prospects and getting these top drafts, it's not a surprise to see it fall the way that it did. As far as it went, again, I don't agree with that. I don't think they're last in minor league baseball. I think Colt Keith is, as you say, criminally underrated. And in terms of raw power, not too many players we've seen come through West Michigan with the exception of Spencer Torkelson that can hit quite the way Colt Keith can and make contact like he can. So definitely underrated, but there is a reason why that is. For those of you who are fans of the Tigers minor league system, coming up in the next segment, we are going to preview each level of the Tigers minor leagues just to give you an idea of which prospects will be where coming into this season, give you an idea of what each of those teams are going to look like. But the Tigers are playing the Tampa Bay Rays today. Probably the best major league organization at having young players ready to come up and contribute in major league baseball. When guys come up to the big leagues in Tampa, they're, they're ready. They're good. There's not this big long adjustment period that needs to take place. A lot of that got ingrained in those players throughout their trips through the minor leagues. So if there's one organization to pattern yourself after in that way, it's Tampa Bay. There are a few others too. I think the Dodgers, even though they don't have a huge amount of young players, they've used a lot of those guys to go after major league stars. But they've continued to develop well enough to put themselves in the position. Tigers were kind of that way, not to the same level, but to a place where they were just trying to flip any minor league player that they had for major league talent for a while. And you don't get Miguel Cabrera on accident. I mean, they needed to trade two of the top prospects in the game back then in order to do it. So 
what they've done is they've brought in a handful of L.A. Dodgers brass. There's a lot of Dodgers people there. And on top of that, their assistant GM was the GM who, or rather the director of drafts over the last 10 years for the Tampa Bay Rays. So if nothing else, I feel like they're barking up the right trees. And there was an article by Cody Stavenhagen of The Athletic, and he actually talked about different thoughts and different comments that he got around baseball when it was announced that the Tigers got Scott Harris. And one of those came back to Cody, and he, he wrote it. It's available if you want to go check it out online at The Athletic. He said San Francisco offered Scott Harris literally the moon and the stars to not go to Detroit. He did it anyway. I love hearing that. What an endorsement, right? When you realize that the incumbent did whatever they could to keep somebody and they still came over to your side, they still came over to roll with you. That says a lot. Well, and for a franchise like the Tigers, you know, I, I think in a way it's they're kind of a sleeping giant. I mean, this is a fan base that loves their team and they've been waiting for a general manager to take over that it's going to take those strategic risks, but also put the right pieces in place like they have to develop players. We've talked about talent in the draft. You know, you're going to get guys that are similarly talented in each and every single level. The only thing that separates the good, the bad, and the ugly in Major League Baseball is how you develop them. And when we play against the Great Lakes Loons affiliates, or the Great Lakes Loons affiliate, the Dodgers affiliate, the Great Lakes Loons, every single year, and they just churn minor league players over, send them up the ladder. Um, it felt like, you know, last year there, there were a couple Dodgers that we saw that we've uh, every year. I feel like we see a former great Lake loon making an impact at a higher level. And the, the reason being is because LA has figured it out in a lot of ways. They kind of have the cheat codes. They have a great major league team. They also have one of the best farm systems. Uh, you could say the same thing about the reds. You could say the same thing also about the Houston Astros. So I feel like we have to give Scott Harris, yeah, the ranking might not be there. They might be noticed or or said to be one of the worst farm systems in baseball right now. We have to give them that time to be able to put the systems in place to get the most out of these players. Because I don't think there's a lack of talent in the Tigers minor league system. I think whatever strategy we've been using under Alavila in in the previous regime just simply didn't work. Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching for the Tigers today. Did you want to make him your pick the stick instead? <laughs> uh, he's got a man on him, one out. We'll wait on that one. Here's the deal. <laughs> Hour number one, we talk Tigers. We talk the minor leagues. Coming up next, we'll take a look at each level of the Tigers minor league system, figure out who will go where, what those teams will look like as we preview the minor league side for the Tigers. That is just one week away from beginning on April the 6th. You can also call us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE. It's 1-866-838-4843 or text HUGE to 21000 Back with more here on a Thursday afternoon, hour number one here on the HUGE Show. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. 
Tonight and tomorrow night, you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Carter. Now, they've made that move to partner with Dorn Mayhew, an Eastside firm, and now they're stronger than ever before. Big businesses, small businesses, taxes, any business need you have, you can turn to Tom Rosenbach and his team. Just go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Tom and his team also put up the $1,000 in cash in our Bracket Buster Challenge contest at thehugeshow.net. So if you entered the contest, uh, you can follow your picks all the way through the championship game uh, each and every day at thehugeshow.net. Just log in. You'll see it. It's simple and easy. And follow your picks if you took a shot at winning that $1,000 in the Bean Carter Bracket Buster Challenge. Follow your picks through the championship game at thehugeshow.net. That's thehugeshow.net. There are a lot of reasons why some people would never want to be a cop. It's not 9 to 5, no two days are ever the same, it isn't safe, and it is never easy. There are also a lot of reasons why some people would never want to be anything other than a cop. It's not 9 to 5, no two days are ever the same, it isn't safe, and it is never easy. So, which one are you? Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org and find out. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Spend the money wheel and win up to $100,000 cash every Saturday in April from 5 to 11 p.m. One winner each hour will spin for the win and take home up to hundred grand. Whirl in for $100,000 money wheel only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute, Purple Community's 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point Golf Club in GR. It's a day of fun for all golf enthusiasts and proceeds benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. huge show here on a Thursday afternoon. Thank you very much. MLB opening day. Exciting. Hope springs eternal. Here on the huge show. You can call the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-HUGE or text HUGE to 2100. <laughs> you know, listening back to that, nailed it. That was even better than I thought it went. <laughs> right on the right on the head. All I can picture is Bill just slamming his phone down on the ground <laughs> at Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> can I tell you a story real quick? Go ahead. By the way, it's a huge show here on Thursday afternoon. Dan Hasty sitting in for Bill Simonson. Appreciate that opportunity, Bill. So thank you very much. Nate Wangler is with us as well. Superfly Hayes is our producer here on Thursday. But the first time 
I ever sat in with Bill. This is when I joined the Whitecaps, 2015, to become their broadcaster. Bill asked me to come in, was very gracious, asked me to come in and spend some spend an hour with him. And I had listened to Bill at other stops. I was an intern for the Great Lakes Loons. So shout out to our friends in Midland on 100.9 FM. And I helped run a few shows for him when he came to the ballpark back then. So I knew, I knew the style, I knew the cadence. And thus, when I got back in, I just decided in that hour that I was going to dust off my Bill Simonson impression to Bill in the studio. (laughs) So in the middle of talking about whatever it was like the tigers, I was just, he was just like asking me, he was just like, all right, Dan, go ahead and tell me what the Tigers are going to be in 2015. And I just, I was like, well, Bill, there's a lot of possibilities. <laughs> I think Justin Verlander is going to be a Cy Young Award winner. <laughs> and he looked at me. I swear, hand to God. I, he looked at me and he goes, don't talk like that. I don't talk like that. <laughs> Oh, every time I do a Bill Simonson, that's how I end it. No matter what the topic, no matter what I say, I always end it with, don't talk like that. I don't talk like that. Only you would find a way to stun someone that much, like huge, into silence on his own show. I'm beyond impressed. I don't think you've ever told me this story, and I'm glad that I heard it here for the first time today (laughs) because... But that's I didn't know I was saving that for a rainy day, but here we are. <laughs> All right. We've got work to do. We've got to jump in. I want to talk about the levels of the Tigers minor league system. Kind of set the table for those of us who will be paying attention to that this year. Of course, Nate and I were with the West Michigan Whitecaps. We're their broadcast team, so we'll be watching a ton of these Tigers prospects over the course of this season. So we'll start at the top with Toledo, then we'll go to Erie, then to West Michigan, then to Lakeland. Is there anybody in particular, Nate, that you're keeping a close eye on this year? At the AAA level, I guess there's a, there's a couple of names you could go to. I think Wenzel Perez really came into his own last year with the way that he was hitting the baseball. Someone that I thought, I, I told you this, you know, in between while we were in break, I think Reese Olsen's one of the most criminally underrated pitchers uh, in this Tiger system. Um, By the he, way, if you haven't seen Reese Olsen, he kind of looks like he just played in the Little League World Series last year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. He's... Physically, not the most, not the biggest pitcher we've ever had. I think Wilmer Flores more or less fits that bill. Something about Reese Olsen, though, he was drafted originally by the Brewers back in 2018, was traded to the Tigers. Um, We got to see him in West Michigan. But his numbers last year, he did have a 414 ERA, so he gives up his fair share of, of hard contact. But something that I thought really blew me away about him, he had 168 strikeouts and just over 119 innings pitched. His stuff is mind-boggling, specifically his breaking ball. He's kind of a junk baller in that way, but he misses barrels 
a lot. And again, when we talk about the Tigers' ability to develop pitching and the fact that they've kind of made that their calling card over the last year, I feel like Reese Olsen is in line to be a part of that starting fixture, that rotation in Detroit at some point. But again, Wenzel Perez, another guy at that AAA level, he's just toolsy. He's good with the bat, and he's gotten a lot better. So interested to see where he goes. So, real quick, Superfly Hayes, our producer, left the studio while you were making that point to take a call. <laughs> Any chance that was Bill asking him to kick us out of the studio? Well, no, it was not Bill. <laughs> no, he would have called me directly. <laughs> <laughs> and for a change, you would have answered. I would have. <laughs> 30 minutes in. <laughs> All right, let's listen in and let's check in on the Mercantile Bank listener line. one 838 huge is the number. You can talk about the Tigers. You can talk about major, minor leagues. We're going to preview the different levels of the Tigers minor league system. But for now, let's go to Scott, who's in Wyoming. Scott, you're on the huge show. Yeah, the new rules. Um, I don't really care too much for them right now. Uh, for one thing, uh, the pitchers. They're going to be worn out faster. You're not going to see pitchers going the distance anymore and because they're going to be going to the bullpen longer. I don't see why the, um, why the Major League Baseball Committee net didn't allow the teams to carry more pitchers because they're going to be struggling trying to get pitchers going through the whole year. Another thing, there's, uh, taking away the defensive switching, now you're just going to let the batters um, like your Aaron Judge and whoever else you want to throw up there, they're going to have – clear shots now. Now you can't defend against them. And the other thing is, once you throw one pitch over to the first base, guess what? The next pitch, that guy's going to be gone. And he's going to take a big, huge lead right off. So now your stolen base records are going to go right out the window because it's been to the advantage. I do not like what they did. I think they need to uh, redo this or else the stolen base records and some of these records aren't going to mean a thing anymore. Isn't it funny how they made all these changes this year? Now, if you saw, they had these changes, many of them in the minor leagues, Scott, last year. By the way, you get three throws over to first base. So you get a third one. If you don't get them picked off on the third, then they get awarded second base. So I think like anything else, and Nate, you can feel free to chime in on this as well. I think you're going to see these pitchers and these hitters learn how to manipulate the pitch clock, whether it's a pitcher learning he needs to step off the rubber, whether it's a hitter realizing he needs to call a timeout. I think they're going to get the rest that they need when they need it. We noticed a lot of that last year at the minor leagues. Now, I will tell you this. The first month in minor league baseball last year, we had games that were being played in under two hours. Nobody knew how to slow down. It was way too fast. But then they started figuring it out, and then games started to get a little bit longer. Well, the other thing about pitchers going the distance, I think you're 100% right, by the way, on the throwing over, and some of these uh, stolen base records will get shattered. I mean, we already saw Ronald Acuna Jr. today take advantage of the fact that he had two throwovers, and I mean, you talk about a jump you can get on that third pitch. It's pretty substantial, so I agree on that side. In terms of pitchers getting worn out, I think the trend in baseball today, pitchers aren't going that long anymore in general. I think we see specifically a lot in the minor leagues, five, six, max seven, and you're out. A lot of these these organizations won't throw pitchers any longer than that. So in terms of wear and tear, I don't know. I don't really see there being a whole lot of a big difference when it comes to the pitch clock because in general, teams just aren't letting pitchers go that long in the first place. You know what the biggest change I think we're going to see, at especially the major league level and something that 
I realize because I mean, we don't get a chance to go to games as fans. That's just mm-hmm. something that, that, that we don't get that opportunity to do because we get the chance to be there in a working capacity, which is fun because it doesn't feel like that half the time. But when you do go as a fan, and I learned this last week, I had a chance to be in Los Angeles. So I went to a spring training game at Dodger Stadium. The LA Dodgers came and played because, see, this is how it works in warm weather cities. You can actually come back to your regular ballpark and just play a spring training game. That doesn't happen around here, but that's where it could happen, and that's where it happened with the Dodgers and Angels. I made a critical mistake at that game that night. Anybody want to guess what it might have been in relation to the pitch clock? As a fan, you made a As critical a fan, mistake. I made a mistake. Yes. <laughs> I don't even have I got up after the end of the first inning because I wanted a Dodger dog. Never had yep. one before. Yep. Those lines aren't short. I stood in line to get a Dodger dog. How much of the game do you think passed by before I returned to my seat? I bet it was the fifth inning by the it time you were back. It was the bottom of the fifth inning. I had missed almost four full innings of that game because I got up to go get something to eat. I remember I looked at my wife. I said, well, should we take off? (laughs) (laughs) Game's basically over. We can beat the traffic if we go now. (laughs) All right. So, by the way, you mentioned Reese Olsen as somebody that you really liked. I mentioned the kid. I said literally World Series last year. He also kind of looks like the kid from Bad Santa. Do you remember that kid? He was called Thurman Merman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go, go look him up. <laughs> We're still taking your calls on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843, or text us on the HUGE line at 21000. Much more to come. We'll go back and we'll dive back in to what those minor league levels look like for the Tigers, and we'll also look at some of the other happenings going on at the major league level. Coming up in hour number two, we'll get into the Lions, and then in hour number three, we'll jump back on the Tigers. We'll have a better idea of what opening day 2023 looked like for the Tigers as they take on the Tampa Bay Rays in St. Petersburg this afternoon. Much more on the huge show coming up next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Bigger than any box score, local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity, blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. The 1-2. Right side, there it is! 
Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. The Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge show all across the state of Michigan. Give us a call. Mercantile Bank listener line 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843. Been talking Whitecaps. Been talking Tigers as we preview everything that's been the start of Major League Baseball season and to come the start of Minor League Baseball season, which is one week away. I'm Dan Hasty. Nate Wangler is sitting in with me today as well, as is our producer, Superfly Hayes. And we have to quickly find a way to run down exactly who's going to be, in our opinion, at which levels of the Tigers minor league system. We promised we would do this. So we can jump in. We got a little time before we get in. I, I, I think it's going to look like this, Nate, because in, in, I'm just going to rattle off some names of where I think guys will be, and you can tell me where we can unpack this and, and who may or may not be going to these spots. Toledo this year should be interesting. They'll have a lot of these guys that made an impression in spring training. I think Parker Meadows will be there. I think he's probably the most exciting player that we'll see in Toledo, but Reese Olson or Thurman Merman, as we called him, he'll be there as well. Uh, Andre Lipsius will be there. He had a really nice spring training. I think Quentzel Perez, Parker Meadows, Reese Olson, Andre Lipsius for Toledo for Erie. I think Colt Keith will be there. I know he had a season cut short last year, but I think Colt Keith will end up playing for Erie this year. I think Wilmer Flores could very well be in Erie, if not Toledo. 
and Josh Crouch, who was one of the heart and soul players in West Michigan last year, got a bump up to Erie at the very tail end of last year. I'm pretty sure he'll be their opening day catcher. Any thoughts on those two groups of names? No, I I, I like um, everybody that you put into that group. I, I think Josh Crouch should start out at the double A level. I, I I appreciated not only you know his ability to hit the ball, which obviously he showed, but his ability to call a game. And you talk to any one of those pitchers from last year's team, they would tell you that they loved working with him because of his IQ and his ability to, again, sequence and, and really put them in good position. So I expect to see him in double A to begin the year. Meanwhile, class A advanced. That's the West Michigan level. That's the one you and I will be watching very closely this summer. Jackson Job would have likely been at the high A level, but he's out for the next four to six months. So I don't think we'll see Jackson Job if for any other reason, maybe the end of the year, kind of like what we saw this season, or rather last season for Jackson Job. I think Jace Young, who is the next highest prospect, number two on the overall list, he'll be in West Michigan. I think Peyton Graham who was a second round pick last year could be with the Whitecaps as is Christian Santana, a talented shortstop. I think Isaac Pacheco will also be there. And then I think otherwise you'll have a lot of the younger guys playing at the Lakeland level. Quick thoughts on that before we have to take a timeout. Roberto Campos might start at Lakeland, but I really hope that he transfers up the ladder pretty soon because with how much money they spent in international free agency in 2019, he needs to produce and produce now. We've got a packed hour number two. We are doing a deep dive on the Detroit Lions going through their offseason, going through the NFL draft. We've got mock drafts coming up here on Thursday. It's this edition of The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanCarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanCarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Bean Carter. to the huge show back in full effect you can give us a call we're talking lions in our number two the mercantile bank listener line is available to you 1-866-838-HUGE 1-866-838-4843 Bill Simonson has the day off Dan Hasty sitting in Nate Wangler is here Superfly Hayes is our producer he did not get a chance to take the day off He seems to be doing all right with it. <laughs> he's happy, yeah. You can see part of his smile over the computers I'm here. He's white-knuckling, as we're saying. <laughs> By the way, shout-out to the Sacramento Kings. Did you see the story about these guys? <laughs> like the beam. They clinched a playoff spot last night for the first time in 17 years. Unbelievable. The Athletic came out with a list of the longest active playoff droughts in professional sports. How many times do you think a Detroit-based team made an appearance on this list? Three. Any idea of who has the longest playoff drought? Give you a hint. It's a football team. 
Is it the Lions? It's the New York Jets. I was going to say, they made a playoff game. That's the only team with a longer playoff drought than your Detroit Lions. The Jets haven't made the postseason in 12 years. You've got the Tigers, who are at eight. You've got the Detroit Lions, who are at six. Six years since they've made it. But then again, it doesn't even feel like they made it. A couple of years, and they snuck in. They played New Orleans. They got ran out of the building. They played Dallas. That was the one that they had the best chance of Mm -hmm. winning. Didn't win that. Then they played Seattle. Had a fifth-string wide receiver carve them up and knock them out of the playoffs. But at no point did any of those teams ever feel like this particular version of the Lions feel. This feels unprecedented. The, 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 the energy around that roster build, around that team and around that identity has done a complete 180. I don't remember a point in my lifetime where I have felt as good about that football team. And I spent a couple of years with that football team, as I do now, to see where they've been and where they've come. As bad as the Bob Quinn era was for the Detroit Lions, it is every bit that good with Brad Holmes. It is hard to pivot as fast as they have. And then you look and you realize that they're building a war chest. I mean, they have the ways of improving and they've got two picks two in the top 18 they've got two first two second rounders going into the nfl draft but before we get into that i wanted to go over their offseason to date what they've done to this point because they've done a lot more so than i think people expected i think that they thought and it's always kind of that purposeful mislead at the beginning of the offseason where they say, ah, well, I don't think we're going to do a whole lot. I think we're going to have a very modest approach to spring training. That's when they strike. That's when they have the bigger free agency than, than they expect. So what else do they need? I think it's their idea that they want to go into the NFL draft without a clear and specific need. And in past years, they didn't have the ability to go get talented players because nobody wanted to play here. But now they have people who want to show up. They have people who want to come back. Shout out to Marvin Jones. Getting people here is not a problem right now, which is saying something because it feels like that's always been a problem. Usually the way you found out somebody became a lion was because Adam Schefter tweeted it. Now people are so (laughs) excited that they're actually tweeting it out themselves when they sign there. So here's what they've done to this point. They've really revamped the secondary. Cameron Sutton from the Steelers, three-year deal. Emmanuel Mosley from the Niners, one-year deal. The big shocker was C.J. Gardner-Johnson from the Eagles, one-year deal. They also brought in David Montgomery, who honestly is very much every bit a souped-up version of Jamal Williams. But I think they may have felt like they lost something there, at least from a morale standpoint. So Marvin Jones comes back. Maybe he fills that role. What else do you want them to get? 
What else do you think they need before draft day? 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843. First, Nate, I want you to address those additions that we saw in free agency. A lot of moves in the secondary, especially. Well, when you look at last year, you know what's interesting, and, and this is my favorite stat for so many reasons, um, and it's not because the Lions are truly horrible right now. They just find unique, different ways every single year to not be good enough. And when you look at last year, the top 10 offenses in the NFL, one out of those 10 teams didn't make the playoffs. That was the Detroit Lions, came in at number four in terms of overall offensive production. Offense wasn't the question mark. First half of the season, giving up over 260 yards a game and a 16-8 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, the issue was the secondary. The issue was point-blank period, the defense. And if they would have gotten it together a few games earlier, we would have been talking about a different situation than trying to rely on other teams to win and Matthew Stafford to get a win, despite the fact that he's not even wearing a Lions uniform anymore. Brad Holmes, and again, we've heard a lot of, you know, you know how sports talk goes. You know, people like to have their hot takes. A lot of people are saying Brad Holmes is on his way to being one of the best GMs in the, in the history of Detroit sports. We have to pump the brakes on that because I don't think it's materialized yet, right? The moves he's making are where they need to be in terms of getting depth in the secondary, in terms of signing a running back after Jamal Williams leaves, and you talk about a culture setter, I, I never thought he was going to leave Detroit simply because of that fact. I felt like everybody just loved him in the city. But you add those guys to beef up your secondary. Now we're looking at, as you talked about in the draft, we're not looking to fill that gaping hole like a Lions draft normally looks like. We're simply looking to add pieces on top of what we already have. Again, if Aaron Rodgers isn't in the NFC North, it should be our division anyway. But that's the way I see this offseason playing out, or Aaron, the way it has played out. Aaron Rodgers is literally, the, the he's. I think he's actually rusting as a human being. Like I actually think like <laughs> he, good, he might have like brown and like orange on his actual body, on his person. That's, that's why he aligns his chakras and meditates every day and does Aaron Rodgers Is that stuff the reason for keep that? Keep himself young. And <laughs> Let me ask you this. Youthful. If you have the choice right now between the two rosters, all things considered, which one are you taking? The Detroit Lions or the Dallas Cowboys? America's team or Detroit's team? Which side are you on? If you had to pick one or the other right now, who are you taking? And feel free to chime in on this as well. Mercantile Bank listener line. Phone number is 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843. Who you got? Lions or Cowboys? Because at this moment, as we sit here right now, you can make an honest argument that the Lions could be a top three team in the NFC. You got the Philadelphia Eagles. They went to the Super Bowl. Nobody's going to contest that. You've got the San Francisco 49ers. They're a wrecking ball. They're not going anywhere. But that third spot, it's funny how we all just kind of like brushed aside the Minnesota Vikings who went 13-4 and last year, but they also took a lot of pieces away. That team is changing. 
the NFC South is, is just kind of there. <laughs> they they don't really have anything. They literally have like a, a group of seven and ten teams. <laughs> Somebody will win it. <laughs> the Seahawks, whatever. But it's the Cowboys or the Lions. It's the Cowboys or the Lions. Which side would you take? I think this boils down to a question of which offensive line would I take and the Detroit Lions. Um, Jared Goff was sacked the second least amount of times in the National Football League last year behind Tampa Bay, and that's simply because Tom Brady at the ripe age of 45 doesn't like to take hits anymore, so he's going to throw it out of bounds or you know throw it into the ground near somebody. That offensive line in Detroit is the strong point when we look at this roster and when we look at production on the offensive side and what they can do that group that core that offensive line in Detroit is strong Dallas has had a lot of moving a lot of moving pieces you know you talk about the loss of Tyron Smith at left tackle he was supposed to really hold down and be that anchor of that offensive line of course they've made a couple of signings but you know you're you're bumping a rookie and Tyler Smith out to being a tackle he's used to playing at guard and when you have shifting characters like that specifically on the offensive line we've seen years like that with injuries for the lions to where you can't get a consistent crew that doesn't bode well for anybody and i don't care how much of a playmaker Dak prescott is you're not going to be able to do much if you don't have what they've used in previous years which is a dominant zeke elliott and a dominant rushing game can i can i ask you a question and just just an honest question we didn't talk about this before the show, so I'm just I'm genuinely curious. What is wrong with you? <laughs> There's that's so we have like typically three like, hours in this show. We've so talked we have... about a lot of different things <laughs> that could be the answer to this. But what do you think is wrong with you? <laughs> we have just under two hours. What do you not mean enough time in this show. Taking the Lions over the Cowboys. The <laughs> Cowboys have the best defense in the NFL. Right. That's a great defense. You have Not to have, a good defense. You have to have a quarterback that can make good decisions late in games, though. I, okay, Dak Prescott may be a top 10 guy talent-wise. He's not that guy. He's not. I'm not done with you yet. First, let's go to Jimmy in Bay City, <laughs> calling in on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Jimmy, thanks for calling the huge show. Go, Jimmy. Jimmy. Well, obviously, he's taking the Cowboys as well. He's flabbergasted. <laughs> Jimmy, call back. But look, somebody once told me this. The best defense, a good defense determines whether or not you win or lose a game. Offense decides by how many points you win or lose a game. That's the thing about, and it's not like they're incapable offensively. They've got one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, say what you will about Dak Prescott. I know Jerry Jones doesn't want to pay him, but he's one of the great quarterbacks in the game. They've got CeeDee Lamb as well, and he's obviously one of the great playmakers. Do interceptions mean anything to you when it comes to Dak Prescott? I like guys who can move the ball down the field, whether it's with their arm or with their legs. The Lions don't have a quarterback who can do both. That's true. They have a quarterback who can do one thing. I think he can do it about as well as Dak Prescott can, but mm-hmm. I think this guy, I think Prescott brings another dimension. He does. But also, here's my hesitation with that. There will always be 
the type of quarterback that stands in the pocket and throws, that will always be a thing in the NFL. Run around quarterbacks, come around once in a while. But here's, and not to get off on a side quest or a side conversation about Lamar Jackson, because we can get into that at some point if you'd like to, revolutionize the game with his legs. He can do everything. He keeps defenses off balance with the way he's able to move. But the list of injuries that he's suffered since 2019 is, you have to, that, that's cause for concern. And when you are a runaround quarterback in the NFL, automatically you put yourself at more of a risk of missing one, two, three games. And when you talk about Dak Prescott being out of that equation, I like Cooper Rush. Don't get me wrong. Central Michigan, fire up chips, all that. You can't have him missing games because of injury because he wants to create plays with his feet. That's what turns me off about quarterbacks like that. Dak Prescott is very... Is he's good enough to do either one. He can throw well enough. He can run well enough. You talk about Lamar Jackson, you know, I know we're doing the whole Lamar Jackson free agency tour. Why doesn't anybody want me? It's kind of like Booby Miles sitting in the back of the car during <laughs> Remember the Titans. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, honestly. But Lamar Jackson is not a thrower of the football. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a great athlete. He's a great runner. I think we're going to see somebody like Anthony Richardson kind of look a lot like Lamar Jackson in the years ahead. And if that's the direction that the Lions go, this is the thing. And this is why the Lions don't make sense for Lamar Jackson. And honestly, for the other 30 some odd NFL teams is because they have somebody like Anthony Richardson who they can get for a quarter of the cost. So why go pay Lamar Jackson Four times that amount. And you're running the risk when you pay that many millions. I mean, go back and look at the injury list. Knee, knee, back, knee. I mean, last year, how many games he missed because he tweaked it. His play style is, isn't going to change, right? But the more, the longer that you're in this league, the longer you continue to play that way, again, things are going to go south. And again, Anthony Richardson, you're right, great prospect. We're talking Lions here in hour number two here on the Huge Show. Let's go back to the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. We've got Wally in Swartz Creek. Wally, you're on the Huge Show. Hey, you guys, how you doing? Good, Wally. Thanks. Yeah, you need to talk to some Detroit old-timers that have been with the Lions for, oh, man. Making a pot of soup. I've been with them for 60 years, man. And uh, I ain't ain't believe in anything until I see it. You can talk about, you know, drafts and their second half of the season record last year, but um, it takes a lot of luck, and like you guys are talking about, a lot of good uh, personnel decisions. But if you go back to the era of the start of the Super Bowl, uh, the Lions probably were, or when the Packers started their reign, they were probably the second best team in the NFL. They just couldn't get <clears throat> couldn't uh, get past the Packers, and they back then they had what they called a runner-up bowl. Detroit would be in against Cleveland, however, and they won. I don't know how long that lasted, the runner-up bowl. It lasted like maybe five years before the Super Bowl started. But uh, not too many people alive right now that they have can say that they've witnessed a Detroit Lions NFL championship game. I just happened to be one of them. I started watching them when I was about 
Oh, about eight, seven, eight years old. I'm 73. So. Well, can I ask you a question real quick? Because you've watched this team as long as any of us, if not longer. But the, the, the feel around this team is different, at least in my opinion, to anything I've ever seen. But you've been watching these guys for a lot longer. So does anything about what this team is feeling like right now, does it feel like this might be actually different, or are you not buying it? <laughs> Well, uh, I could say I'm, I'm from the Show Me State, Missouri. Show me, and I'll believe it. But it takes a lot of luck. I mean, you can, you can, you can, you can say what you just said about how they feel. Uh, yeah, you got to have the right chemistry, the right leadership, and you got to have a whole lot of luck. You could have everything in place unless you're three deep at every position. Injuries could, you know, stop that real quick. So it's you know, and, and it's a different game too when I first started watching it. Uh, and Wally, I will tell you this real quick, and thanks for the call, Wally, is that the fact is is that they had this one big glaring hole, and it was in their secondary. And all of a sudden, it just feels like those pieces have come together. Are they a finished product? No. But they still have these two high picks coming in this year's draft. They've got a pair of second rounders as well. So it's really, really interesting to see the path forward, because I don't think in my lifetime I've been talking about the Lions as a potential top three team. I'd still rather have the Dallas Cowboys, but I still think that these guys could be a top three team. Back to the phones. one 838 huge Let's talk to KB in Kalamazoo. KB and KZoo, you're on the huge show. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, bottom line, what we need, and I hear what you all saying, but we need Lamar Jackson, man. I've been I've been a fan for a long time, and Detroit. Sometimes you got to just make that big, big splash. And what we need right now, Jared Goff is not going to get you to the promised land. Lamar Jackson with that team, with that coach, gets you to the promised land. I, I understand what you're saying that he 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 stays hurt, he get hurt, but you got to remember all his injuries came in the pocket. Just the NFL, you gonna get hurt. But I'm just saying, that type of talent with them young kids, he, he's a, a leader in the locker room. Cats follow him. So what I'm saying right now, we get Lamar Jackson, we control we control our destiny because all you got to do is win that division. Once you win your division, you get that home field advantage. Anything happens when you win that dance. So I'm saying we get Lamar Jackson, we win that North division for the next three, four years easily. Easily. That's that's three three years that we get a chance to get to that Super Bowl. And I'm just saying we're not going to do that with golf. Like you, you might you can say what you want to say, but you need legs this now in the NFL. You need legs. You know, and he's the modern quarterback, right? I mean, I mean, Lamar Jackson is electric. And thanks for the call, KB, because that is. I mean, he was the must see attraction in the NFL for a couple different seasons, but he's never taken that step as a thrower of the football. I mean, just, I mean, how many times do we watch him come tantalizingly close to being able? Now he has not had the best help in Baltimore. Mark Andrews is a really good tight end, but that's about as far as it's gone for him. And, and then, of course, the running back next to him. I mean, you're always going to have a good running back next to Lamar Jackson because there's always the threat of Lamar taking off. Why it works 
yeah, you've got the right roster build now. You took the offensive lineman in year one. You took the pass rusher in year two. You're at a place where you could add the quarterback now because you have a team that's more ready to support that. Now, how much is it going to cost? you got to trade something for him. You're probably giving up that number 18 pick in the first round. But again, I think there's this adverse feeling to paying quarterbacks, and that is the sticking point. That's the reason that it just doesn't work for me. Well, we're going to talk about the draft coming up, too. And again, we talk about getting young legs. You know, there are quarterbacks in college football right now that, again, resemble the style of play that Lamar Jackson plays. You talked about Anthony Richardson. I feel like there's other examples of that. Um, but, you know, you're right. You do need legs. You do need to be able to keep defenses off balance. And there are a lot of quarterbacks like that who can do that. And some of it comes back to John Harbaugh and the offense that he ran that put him in compromising positions. But, again, I think the injuries are still very much a cause for concern. Our poor producer, Superfly Hayes, is running back and forth between studios like it's a, a flipping telethon right now. Let's go back to the phones. 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843. Brandon is in Holland. You're on the HUGE show. What's going on, guys? Afternoon, Brandon. What's up? Yes. I, I think the Lions need another interior rusher. Like that's That's what you're still looking for for the defensive line and another bookend in the draft. That's that, that completes it, and I think that, that gets you to the Cowboys' uh, style of defense where they have two bookends that can rush the passer at all times. I'm not taking the Cowboys just because I'm not a Cowboys fan and I'm a Cowboys hater, so that, that, that goes there. <clears throat> but as far as the way they're building, they're building it the right way. I don't think you need Lamar to take up that much cap space. No reason to go that way when you have the draft capital that you have and you have the ability to go get a quarterback this year, if that's what the way they want to go, there's not a whole lot of holes in this roster at this point. And I'll tell you this, there just happens to be a dynamite interior rusher that might be available, and thanks for the call. I, there, there might be somebody who could fit that bill, but there might be some baggage there. So we're going to talk about that next. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll answer your phone calls. one 838 huge Who are you taking right now? The Detroit Lions roster or the Dallas Cowboys? Because it's a lot closer than you might think. As our number two of the Huge Show continues. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. in Grand Rapids with special guests Bush and Another Day Dawns. See them live at Van Andel Arena May 16th. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com For more, visit BreakingBenjamin.com Get tickets now. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls... 
high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Get ready to swing for a good cause at Van Andel Institute Purple Community's 11th Annual Be Brave Golf Outing on May 6th at Thornapple Point in GR with the shotgun start at 8.30 a.m. This is the event for all golf enthusiasts. Participate in an individual or foursome admission, all while having food and beverages provided. The best part is that 100% of the proceeds will benefit breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register now at VAI.org. That's VAI.org. Tonight and tomorrow night, you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Number two, huge show continues. Talking Lions as we break down the offseason moves. We get ready for the NFL draft and we discuss the burning question here in hour number two. The huge question, if you will. I hear they have those on this program. We're comparing the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys, among other things, but it's open lines. 1 838 huge. 1 838 4843. Which team would you take? Which team would you rather have? Right here, right now. The Lions or the Cowboys? Let's start with Jerry, who's in Harrison. Jerry, you're on the huge show. Yeah, I, uh, I would take Detroit. Uh, we got a beautiful gift from the Rams from giving them Stafford, and I think that we should go ahead and draft a young quarterback because what if, I mean, this is our season, so what if we make the playoffs? and go far, maybe even win a Super Bowl, what are our chances of looking at the draft after that? And what's it going to cost us to go from there if we don't have any other picks to go after this? So I, that's my thing. I think we should get Richardson and uh, have Goff train him. Jerry, can I interest you in a possible compromise? Because I'm looking at one of the mock drafts on CBS Sports. And they actually have the Lions, of course, using their pick at number six. And with the number six pick, it's got them taking Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. He's an edge rusher. But at 18, things get even more interesting because at 18, he's got the Lions trading with the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) He's got them going with another trade to the Rams. And the Rams go get a quarterback. So now 
the Rams get their quarterback and you end up getting continued picks in years ahead. The 18th pick is the 18th pick. But if you can parlay that, just like you parlayed Matthew Stafford, you keep that cycle and you keep that wheel turning. If we can keep that cycle going. I mean, if not, then that's the thing. Do we go ahead and build it right now and then go from there? You sound like somebody who would like to get things going right now. And as a Lions fan, I can't say I blame you. It's been a minute. (laughs) Yeah, yes, uh, I, I would. I would agree with. I would agree with what you're saying. Um, I, I think it all depends on who we can get at that number six spot. Um, in terms of trading that last draft pick, I, I'm not sure. But you know, I've always been a big fan of. I think we need, and one of our earlier callers mentioned a dominant interior defensive line. That would almost kind of be the 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 cherry on top of this that we're you know this product that we're making in Detroit. So. Again, in my mind, I think a defensive tackle is that first pick that you have to go after in, in, in one specific player in particular, and we'll talk about it. I think Jalen Carter's a generational talent. And, and one thing that's great is that the Lions and Cowboys actually played one another last year. Did you see that one, Nate? Did you see how that game went? <laughs> Saw part of it, not, yes. not the entire thing. I think the Lions are still looking for their first touchdown in that game. <laughs> Let's yeah. go to Ron, who's in Saginaw. Ron, you're on the huge show. Hi, how's it going, guys? What's up, Ron? Not much. I'd go with the Lions, too. Those are my guys, man. But uh, I do think the piggyback caller that you had, I I would love if they went after Lamar. I've been a Lions fan forever, as everybody else, every other caller. I'd like to win now, you know? And I think he's he'd be on fire, first of all, because of everything that's been going on. I just think you'd see lights out from him and... I think we should try to get him, honestly. And Dan Campbell's lying if he's saying, you know, Goff's a better – nothing against Goff. He's a good quarterback. He'll manage the game and stuff, but I don't think he's winning a Super Bowl. And everything else has fallen in place. I think we should try to get him and go Lions. I'll tell you this, and Ron, thanks for the call. If you get somebody like Lamar Jackson, you become the favorite not only in that division. I think there's probably a good reason to say they're already the favorite in the NFC North. No, the Vikings are still going to be in play. But if you get him, you're now the favorites, and now you're considered right there. You're probably you're ahead of Dallas at that point. But I'm not sure how much farther ahead. I'll say this. If you sign Lamar Jackson, you cannot do anything around him. You better have you better be ready. Yeah. Because now You've given up that big chunk of the salary cap to a quarterback. You better be ready, and you better be right. And you better expect him to play every single one of those regular season games and make it into the postseason. You know, it's interesting. We talk about Jared Goff, how you know he's not that guy. He's not really a household name when you talk about dominant quarterbacks in the NFL. You want to know somebody else who isn't a dominant quarterback, someone that isn't a household name, but all of a sudden you put him in a good system and he's able to go pretty far and almost win a Super Bowl? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was a name we hadn't heard in the NFL until last year. I didn't even know he played football until he became the starting quarterback. I mean, he did all right in college, but he wasn't a household name. Not any, Nobody knew about him. You put him in a good system, he's able to make a deep run into the playoffs. You're right. That one signing of Lamar Jackson, if they do end up getting him, no flexibility anymore. 
You think about Jared Goff and how he's serviceable and how he was able to come into his own last year. He's already doing better than what we expected him to be in terms of this quote-unquote transition quarterback that we got right out of the gate. He's already exceeding those expectations. Take that money that you would take that you, to spend on Lamar Jackson and see, again, what else you can do to supplement the system and the players around him that will ultimately elevate his game. I will tell you this. The one thing Jared Goff has going for him is that he can basically be a one-year guy for you or like a five-year guy for right. you. He doesn't really have to be pigeonholed into either way. And I think what he did last year would probably lend itself to him being closer to the latter. I think if he struggles this year, it'll all depend on what the Lions did in the draft. Do they take a quarterback? There's going to be quarterbacks available. And I mean, the Lions are playing it in a way this offseason where they're checking a lot of boxes. They're getting a lot of those needs met. One of the things that they might not have is that interior pass rusher or run stopper. They bled out a lot of yards on the ground last year. But you can chime in on this as well. 1-866-838-HUGE. 1-866-838-4843. Let's talk to Rob, who's in Rockford. Rob, you're on the HUGE show. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I'm a long-time Lions fan, over 50 years, so I am traumatized. <laughs> and um, But one thing I do, I, I think they still need to get some more defensive backs. Defensive backs are like pitching to me with baseball. You can't have too much pitching. You can't have too many defensive backs. It's a position group that gets hurt a lot, and you have to have a lot of depth. So I'm all for getting more defensive backs. And you need that defensive tackle. They need someone who's going to plug up that middle, be more of a pass rusher, and also just stop the run. They gave up way too many yards on the ground last year. So, And I'll tell you this, Rob, not, I can't help. Yeah. I've been thinking enough for the phone call because there's a couple positions in football that if you just take them sight on scene, you're probably helping your franchise. Number one, offensive line you always find your team decimated in that way, shape, and form. If you think you've got a great one, you're probably ignoring it, and you're probably going to watch that crumble. Same goes for pass rushers. You take one of those positions every year, you're going to be okay. And we're going to talk about this when we come back on the other side of a timeout, but there is a mock draft from ESPN, and it might be the most fascinating mock draft, and I think if it actually was to happen like this, Lions fans might actually just throw the parade because it is better than the best case scenario that I've ever seen. There is a pick at six. who I think we have people very happy and a stunner at pick number 18. I told you about this. Did you go peeking? Did you go look at this? Like I told you no peeking on this. Nope. We're going to talk about it on the other side. <laughs> it's the huge show here on the Thursday afternoon. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment in only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. 
Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Godsmack, live and in your face. Friday, May 26th at Soaring Eagle Casino, plus Bad Wolves. And same show, same night, Bullet for My Valentine. Tickets start at $28 on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. Godsmack, May 26th, part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. Bigger than any box score, local sports are a victory for the entire community. Building up leaders, breaking down barriers, connecting generations, teaching integrity, blazing a trail, sparking our economy. That's why Meyer sponsors hundreds of local sports teams throughout the Midwest. From Little League to the Big Leagues, uniforms to stadiums, Meyer knows when we support the home team, we all win. Tonight and tomorrow night, you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Finishing up hour number two of the huge show here on a Thursday afternoon. Dan Hasty, Nate Wangler filling in for Bill Simonson. Superfly Hayes is our producer talking Lions. Comparing the Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. Which team would you rather have the offseason? What they've done in free agency. We also have to get into probably the most fascinating mock draft that I've seen so far. And it came from one of the big sources. It came from ESPN. So who did they have the Lions taking at not only six but also at 18. I think the name at 18 is going to stun you. But for now, let's go back to the phones. Our Mercantile Bank listener line, one 838 huge one 838 4843 Let's talk to Reese, who's in Rockford. You're on the Huge Show. Hi. How are you doing today? Hi, Good. Reese. Thanks. <laughs> so I was just going to bring up, you know, the brand new Lions with how they're doing lately. Um you know, I take. I think the question was, who do I take the um, the Cowboys or the Lions? Correct. That's it. So, I would have to say the Lions for sure. Um, for one, <laughs> and that was his point. So clearly, he was actually taking the Cowboys. I think he's trolling you, Nate, <laughs> and that's the reason why. Dial tone. My favorite mic drop <laughs> moment of the show. Here's why Nate's right. 
Thanks, Reese. Really, he really had your back right there. Yeah. I appreciate that. The Cowboys have maybe the best defense in the NFL. Maybe the best defense in the NFL. They've got a very, very good running back. I know we were talking in the pre-show when you were talking about how great Ezekiel Elliott was. Ezekiel Elliott has not been any any sort of threat since 2020. No. He's kind of fallen away like the COVID virus. Yeah. Just kind of he's just kind of faded away. <laughs> Tony Pollard's really good. He is. He's really good. But for some reason they're talking about Bijan Robinson in Dallas. Why can't Tony Pollard just have nice things? Cuz Bijan Robinson is Arguably the best running back, was the best running back in college football. I'm going to make a lot of Michigan fans mad when I say that. Um, But in terms of explosiveness, uh, speed, quickness, obviously that ability right off the snap. uh, Just watching him play in that first game, you know, before our Whitecaps game when they took on Alabama to open up the season, he has a different level when it comes to his ability to run the ball. And the thing is about the NFL is like running backs don't last nearly as long as they used to. Their expiration date is a lot sooner than a lot of other positions. So if you're the Cowboys and you're looking for someone who's dynamite in that position, you might as well take him right away. You might as well get a young set of legs to try and, again, you know, make that offense where it needs to be to complement that defense. Mike Tannenbaum was a former general manager for the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, and now he's with ESPN. He came out with a mocked draft from a GM's perspective. So somebody who may be a little more plugged in than most of the people putting together these mock drafts. So that's why I think this is interesting. He's got Carolina taking Bryce Young at number one overall. I actually don't... I actually haven't seen that much of anywhere. I've seen a lot of C.J. Stroud. I've seen some Anthony Richardson too, but haven't seen as much Bryce Young. They've got him going one. They've got Stroud going two to Houston, C.J. Stroud. At four, they've got Will Levis of Kentucky. And get this, at five, Nate's boy, Hendon Hooker, they have going at five. <laughs> he had some video game numbers at Tennessee, and that's not to be taken lightly. I mean, that's the SEC. That's that's junior NFL. So I think that's interesting. Number six, the Lions have Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech, who's just an athletic freak. But at number 18, this is where things get really interesting. Mike Tannenbaum has the Lions selecting at number 18, Jalen Carter, Mm. falling all the way to 18, which tells you a couple things. Number Mm -hmm. one, the baggage might be something significant. But on top of that, the Lions get those two players. They've remade not only their secondary, but their entire defense. Real quick before we're up against it, Nate. My hope was that they got him at six, but if he drops all the way to 18, obviously because of the off-field issues, we'll take him there. But I think Jalen Carter, like I said, generational talent. We'll keep the Lions discussion going into hour number three. You can call us 1-866-838-HUGE here on a Thursday edition of The Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge. is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. 
Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanCarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanCarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Bean Garter. The Huge Show here on a Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. Dan Hasty filling in for Bill Simonson. Nate Wangler's here. Superfly Hayes. Can we please get him a phone in the studio we're actually working in? <laughs> He's quick. He's had to go back and forth because of the callers throughout the course of the show. And to watch him try to navigate from room A to room B, it's kind of like that like old high step that you would see like someone tiptoeing through like a cartoon <laughs> scene. It's like doom 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 doom. Let's us know we're doing well, though. So the more that Superfly sweats and runs in between rooms, the better that we're doing. So th- th- thanks, guys. We had to get him an oxygen tank in the first hour. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking lines, and you can talk lines with us. One eight six six eight three eight huge. One eight six six eight three eight four eight four three. Been going over the Lions off season. Been going over free agency. They made a lot more moves than I think people expected. Also, the salary cap is not real. Also, they have two first round picks. They have two second round picks coming, and we kind of touched on what they did in free agency. They ended up picking up a number of players and legitimate NFL contributors. They just signed Marvin Jones yesterday, brought him back $3 million over one year, maybe up to five. Cameron Sutton from the Steelers, Emmanuel Mosley, the 49ers, two corners that I know their incumbent teams wanted them to return to, so I think that counts for something. David Montgomery, who has been a very, I think, underrated player because I think what happens with David Montgomery is that the fantasy football community has kind of turned its back on David Montgomery because there was a year where he was supposed to be like the next big thing. I remember there was a, a graphic on some broadcast that continues to this day to get circulated about him. And it says essentially that, you know, he had the feet of Barry Sanders and he had the strength of Ezekiel Elliott and he had this, that, and the other, and he's David Montgomery. (laughs) So, we all kind of collectively held that against him in the fantasy football space because he didn't live up to the expectations there. But this guy was rated as a top 100 player in the NFL a couple of years ago. And you saw how good Jamal Williams was in this particular role. Now you're giving it to a better version of Jamal Williams from a talent standpoint. And look, I get what Jamal Williams did in the room. He was as much a culture changer as anybody else. But if you believe that the culture has changed, you shouldn't believe that Jamal Williams needs to be there in order to keep it that way. If it's changed, it's changed. It shouldn't matter whether or not one particular player is there. I like David Montgomery, and I think he does everything well. I don't think he does anything spectacularly. But I think he just does everything well. Jamal Williams was a similar player in that way. But I think Montgomery is a little bit higher across the board. So 
I like Montgomery, and I love C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I think he adds a little flair to the secondary, and I think he gives them some options, maybe more options than they didn't know that they had. I really like what they did there. I, I like the addition of him. I also like one of our previous callers on the show talked about how going to the secondary in the draft also wouldn't be that terrible of a decision. There there are still some players that we can get that I think would be awesome fits. And we talk about culture and fit. Do you fit what the team is not only looking for on the field, but off the field as well? And when we talk about other good fits that would be good in that secondary and to get with that other first round pick, you know, I, I look at guys like maybe Devin Witherspoon um, from Illinois. Love him. The way he was able to come down from the secondary specifically and play the run. Watch his highlights against Michigan. Uh, the way that he was able to crash and protect the offensive line as a, again, a run protector um, and, and kept that game close. Again, Illinois nearly pulled it out. but He was the he best was player on the field. Easily the, the best player on the field. I think he would also be a great pickup for the Lions at that spot. So, you know, I don't think they're quite done beefing up the, the defensive secondary quite yet, but I think he would be another great choice. And you've got Jamison Williams, who's going to be back a full off season. You get him in as your number two receiver, him and Amon Ross St. Brown. That's a really, really formidable duo. If it works out the way I think it should, you've got the running backs, you've got the pass catchers. You probably need something at tight end. I hope they don't address that anywhere before round three, <laughs> but <laughs> We know the Lions, so maybe they'll maybe they'll pop that earlier than we expect. But uh, again, they've done all these things. They've made all these moves. They have all of these options available to them because now there's not as many needs as there were earlier. So I like the fact that they're spending. I like the fact that they feel because that to me says that they think they're close or ready or both. So for me, I think that does change my expectations for 2023. What are fair expectations for this coming season? 1-866-838-HUGE, 1-866-838-4843. Does those expectations depend on what happens in the draft? What are fair expectations given what we know about the Detroit Lions at this moment in time? For me, the expectation is to win the NFC North this year. Um Anything less of that is a disappointment. When we when we talk about no holes, when we talk about, you know, we're almost kind of playing with house money when it comes to the draft and we can go multiple different ways and it would still probably turn out well for us, whether it's drafting somebody else for the secondary, whether it's um, maybe adding someone to that running back room. You talked about B. John Robinson to the Cowboys. I feel like when we talk about tenored running backs for the Lions past this next year, who are we really looking at? So maybe getting somebody else young into that room would also help. The expectation this year is to win the North and specifically with Aaron Rodgers being out. I know you mentioned he's getting older, older and you know, that's a thing and maybe his performance will drop off. We know that it drops off fast with quarterbacks. Wait a minute. Go back and beat. Are you talking about B. John Robinson as a lion? Yes. How at 18, you've already got, a high-priced guy in David Montgomery. You've already got a guy you're going to have to pay in DeAndre Swift if you want to keep him. Right. And now you're talking about bringing a first-round running back and Bijan Robinson in. Why is everybody so over-obsessed with paying <laughs> running backs? You pay him early. You don't pay him late. 
Again, they have a you don't, short no, you don't pay them at all. You don't need to pay them at all. You can go ahead and you can get guys on the cheap. Look at what the San Francisco 49ers were doing pre-Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. They were fine. Mm-hmm. They had the Matt Breedas of the world and the Raheem Mosterts. These guys were doing exactly the same things that the Christian McCaffreys of the world were doing. And then, of course, when all of those running backs essentially dropped dead, they needed to go get somebody, so they decided to go get a video game team and go get Christian McCaffrey. But even then, teams, especially like the Niners, there's a lot of teams that are out there not paying their running backs. Miles Sanders was another guy like that. They weren't, I mean, Philadelphia drafted him second round. They're not going to pay him. They're going to put whoever's next to Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields in Chicago. They're going to be fine because they've got the threat of that running quarterback standing right next to them. I feel as if B. John Robinson has the potential to be better than both of those two options in front of him, though. Just from watching him in college football, and I know you say a lot of people gave up on David Montgomery Montgomery. because he he again he supplements that running back room. He's a great second option. Not saying anything about that, but you're also not a guarantee that you're going to have him at that spot or anybody that's worth drafting in the running back room at that spot. But I'm saying if they have the chance to grab him and they they can't get Devin Witherspoon and they can't get Jalen Carter because I don't think he's going to drop that far. There's no way he's going to drop that far. If they can't get any of those guys, why not get a dynamite running back? So you said you have them winning the North as a fair expectation. That's, yes. Fair. I don't think there's any reason why, based on how they finished the year, that they can't win double-digit games. But 10-7 and seven doesn't exactly feel like delivering on what you're hoping for, those, for that team to be. 11 wins for me. 11 wins is what I think. And I think part of this, too, depends on what they do in the draft. You know, if they go get an edge rusher, a defensive tackle who can stop the run, then all of a sudden you kind of feel like, okay, like they, they've got they've got a lot of boxes checked. But if they go developmental, if they take a quarterback, they're going to have a hole somewhere. You hope it's not the same place that they had it last year because they gave up so much on the ground. And that really was what did them in, especially the first half of the year. Maybe a little bit more so in the Carolina game. I think double digit expectations is a fair is is <clears throat> double digit wins is one hundred percent a fair expectation. My prediction was eleven and six. Um, it, it's going to it's going to take a lot, and again, it's tough for as a Lions fan. And I know we've had a lot of long tenored Lions fans on this show. Eleven and six is a tough prediction to make, but you're right with what they have right now. It's not completely unrealistic, and I think that's what makes this offseason unique, that that expectation isn't unrealistic. We were talking about this an hour or two. Who you got, the Detroit Lions roster or the Dallas Cowboys? And you were overwhelmingly in support of my Dallas Cowboys argument, so I appreciate <laughs> all of you for calling in listening to that. Uh, did we even get one person that said that they wanted the Cowboys? Well, I, of course not, right? <laughs> Naturally. No, we didn't get any Dallas Cowboys. But there were some people who were willing to make concessions somewhat. But you're right, as a fan, we're going to get a lot more Lions fans on here. But even from an objective standpoint, an objective point of view, again, you can argue the best defense in the NFL, sure. But 
lot of lot of things that could happen throughout the course of the season. Obviously, we know how big injuries are, but I, I, I think right now the complete package is is the Detroit Lions. You know who had the best argument for you as it pertained to why the Detroit Lions would be over the Dallas Cowboys? Who's that? The person who hung up. <laughs> the dial tone. The person who immediately oh, dialed no. you. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Reese from Rockford was trying to troll me, but if he did, that was uh, that was a great troll move. You can jump in on that as well. One eight six six eight three eight huge. One eight six six eight three eight four eight four three or text the huge line at twenty one thousand two one zero zero zero. How would you feel? If the Lions drafted a quarterback in the first round, say it's one of those big four, Levis, Richardson, Young, Stroud. Disappointed. I would be extremely disappointed. Um, And not to say that any one of those guys can't make a good quarterback, a franchise quarterback, maybe next year, a couple years down the road. Jared Goff was really, really good last year. He was a very, very good quarterback down the stretch. I don't know what it was about the way that they ran their offense. I don't know if it's because they trusted him a little bit more or because they had someone like Jamal Williams, again, who broke that Barry Sanders' record and yet an offensive line that was able to protect him. All of that combined, when you still have those same pieces in those places, don't try to fix something that isn't broken. You're winning If we do half, I mean, a percentage point better in the first half of the season than what we did last year, we make the playoffs and we have a chance to make a run towards a Super Bowl. Just a little bit better in the first half. So Jared Goff was really, really good. Why would we go quarterback high in the first round and try to fix something that, again, at the end of last year, we saw how we played, is not broken? It doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. It almost seems like you're trying to be too cute at that point. And when you try to be too cute in the draft, you get hurt. When you try to outsmart the room, you get hurt. The reason, I'll give you one, my one exception, because Young, Stroud, Levis, okay. I think those guys are more ready-made. If you're going to take one, I like the guy who can sit on the bench for a year. I think that's Anthony Richardson. I mean, have you seen the numbers that he put up? He had his pro day today for Florida. His 40-yard dash, his burst, uh, all that. 99th percentile. I mean, he's Derrick Henry who throws passes. I mean, he's, he, he's, in, he's a freak. But you don't have to play him this coming year. And thus, if you have somebody like that who can sit around, wait, develop for a year... I know he didn't have the best throwing of the football career at Florida, but it was in the SEC. I do like that. But he also is cheaper. Jared Goff's going to be due a big raise. And we just saw, what was it, two years ago, Derek Carr looked phenomenal for the Raiders on Vegas. Looked phenomenal. What's he doing this year? He's He's cut. He's going to the New Orleans Saints. It can change quickly, especially with those non-elite quarterbacks. You are as good as your last year's body of work. So if nothing else, just to have them prepared for if that goes sideways is why I like Richardson. And and he's fun. I mean, he's he's in that Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields mold, and he's going to be that way for half the cost. 
It's just the new shiny toy, the new shiny product. That side of it also, that scares me a lot, though. When you look at, okay, he put up these numbers at his pro day. Let's just let's go get them and have them sit for a year. Who knows if those things translate? I mean, that that's really, really up in the air. And again, looking at next year in the quarterback class, off the top of my mind, I guess I really couldn't tell you if there's one. There is one. Outstanding. There's Caleb Williams out Caleb of USC. Caleb Williams, will give you Who's the next Patrick Mahomes to some people. Right. But, like I said, huge investment if you're going to go quarterback early. And one that you better hope plays out. Otherwise, you're leaving yourself out to drive your Brad Holmes and the Lions. I like Richardson. I don't think I need them to take a quarterback. I think, honestly, everything the way it sits right now, they would be fine not taking one. But again, they've made all of these moves to put themselves in a position to where Jared Goff can be whatever they need as long as he's effective. And that's what I like. They don't have a situation right now. This is a big year for Jared Goff. Big year. Because he had his big year last year. He's not going to get his deal until after this season. So that's what you want to see. So we'll continue to talk about that. We'll also have the Tigers coming up a little bit later in the hour. But I want to talk more Lions because this offseason has been different. This offseason has actually seen them run their franchise in a way that expects them to be a successful team. First, let's talk to Chris, who's in GR. Chris, you're on the huge show. Yeah, I'm this Nate guy, I don't know what he's talking about because uh, he should know. Better. I say that all I the mean, time. Being an offensive lineman all his life, he knows everything is built up front. So you know, Nate, as your father, you should understand better that we need offensive line and defensive line. Boy, listen to the hang, disappointment. Hang the listen to the disappointment <laughs> in this hang particular gentleman's phone. voice. <laughs> but i am sincere with that everything starts up front and uh yeah that's all i gotta say about this i'll I'll hang up and listen to you guys enjoy it thanks guys (laughs) good to hear you why aren't you in the studio right now (laughs) jeez well i appreciate that was fun i didn't see that one coming well, I, didn't know, I didn't know dad was coming in to help out. Hey, he told me I got him a link a little bit earlier today. He was excited to listen. He was uh, he uh, didn't appreciate my pick the stick take, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't pick a stick. So so you've been disappointing yeah. him back since hour one. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But no, yeah, he's he's been listening to the huge show for a long time. I remember on my way to football practice in, in middle school. Uh, we would actually listen to the huge show um, real quick. Can I just jump in here real quick? So if you don't know <laughs> Nate's backstory, so Nate, his last name is Wangler. And for some of you who have followed the University of Michigan, John Wangler was the quarterback for four years at Michigan. And that's Nate's uncle, correct? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've been to the been to the tailgate a few times. It's been a long time since I've seen him, but they have their uh, Mama Wangs' famous. That's true. Favorite. Uncle John Chili. still calls you Nick, right? <laughs> something Luke, yeah, something along those lines. But no, it's it's yeah, long long line of Wanglers that have gone to uh, to the University of Michigan. That's for sure. So again, thank you, Chris and Gr, for the phone call. <laughs> we'll continue to take your calls on the Lions at one eight six six eight three eight huge one eight six six. Eight three eight four eight four three. We can get one more call. We'll sneak one more in before we go to break. Let's hear from Tom, who's in Jenison. Tom, you're on the huge show. Hey, thank you. I'm uh, enjoying the show today, guys. It's a fun conversation. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. 
uh, a quarterback yet because uh, a couple years ago, I can't remember the guy's name, who was a second spring quarterback in Philadelphia. Really played well and uh, obviously took him to the Super Bowl championship. And if Goff can continue to improve, as he improved last year, I think he's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. So that's all I got for you. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. And you're talking about Nick Foles, Nick Foles obviously. Yeah. And, and Nick Foles was, was one of the great stories of that year. But Look, not every team is capable of running a second-string quarterback out to, to have that success. I, I will say this. This is another reason why I'm not opposed to a quarterback at number 18. I don't know if I want a quarterback at number 6, but number 18, I feel like that's that's okay. Like That, that, would, that would be passable because right now you're otherwise running out Nate Sudfeld, so I kind of feel like a first-round quarterback might not be the worst thing in the world. Well, and the other thing is I, I feel like it's kind of the boat of confidence if you don't end Did you say up, the boat of confidence? Boat, boat B-O-D-E. The boat of confidence? What it's is a boat? Uh, you're talking about the vote of confidence. Boat. What is a boat? You're going to make me go on Google over here. Hold on. It's the vote of confidence. There's no. What's a boat? Indicate. I just googled boat of confidence, and you know what boat. came up? Vote of confidence. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. What is wrong fine. with you two? The vote of confidence. You give them the vote of confidence. Somebody by not explain take- to me what a boat is. <laughs> at least Superfly agreed with me. Superfly looked at me like I was speaking a different language. <laughs> a boat of confidence. The vote of confidence. If you don't take a quarterback high in the draft, I feel like you trust him more to be that guy to take advantage as opposed to saying, we're going to bring somebody in and what's next year comes, we're not ready to sign you. We're not ready to give you that amount of money. He's going to be the guy. Nate makes a good point. No bodes about it. Let's take a time out and come back with more of the huge show right after this. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. In the den. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. The Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. The Tigers are using this Wednesday as an open practice day. There are plenty of keys to a successful season, but three key components are vital. Healthy starting pitch. Already without Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal until midsummer, this team can't afford using 17 starters like it did a year ago. Bigger years from the futures of the franchise, a la Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson, both of whom had strong showings in spring training. And lastly, bounce-back years from Austin Meadows, Jonathan Scope, and Javier Baez. All three of them need to look more like they did in 2021 than they did in 2022. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. 
Tonight and tomorrow night, you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Spin the money wheel and win up to $100,000 cash. Every Saturday in April from 5 to 11 p.m., one winner each hour will spin for the win and take home up to hundred grand. Whirl in for $100,000 money wheel. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Huge Show is back, hour number three here on a Thursday afternoon. Dan Hasty filling in for Bill Simonson. He's currently breaking things at the site of a 4 nothing Tampa Bay Rays <laughs> shutout victory mm. over the Detroit Tigers. Nate Wangler is here as well. We'll be back in the Whitecaps broadcast booth with West Michigan Whitecaps baseball coming up a week from today. The Fort Wayne Tin Caps making their trek for the Clash of Caps. Tin Caps v. Whitecaps coming up next Thursday night. I'm so excited to get back into the swing of things and get back with the Whitecaps again. It, there's Yeah, and there's so many levels to that. Obviously, it was a long winter, unpredictable winter, so it would be nice to have the warm weather back, Seven, 8,000 people back in the stands again. Um, and then, you know, you look at the renovations. You look at, you know, the plans that the Whitecaps have going on over the next five years. It's it's big time, and the fan experience is only going to benefit because of that. So, and obviously it makes our jobs a lot easier when we look out through those windows and we see as many people there. It just feels like you're kind of sitting in the stands. It doesn't feel like a job some nights. So I've needed that. They're getting a brand new stadium. Yeah. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, they're doing a massive renovation. So of course it'll be the same site, but they're going to, over the course of the next couple of years, the park that you've seen in West Michigan is going to be extremely different. It is going to be a whole different experience. I know that there's a lot of, there already is some construction that is beginning. A brand new clubhouse for the players will be under construction over the course of this year. They got new field lights. And as we go into next year, we're going to see something that I think the people in Detroit would be excited about seeing. Fences are coming in. Yeah. Fences are coming in a lot in West Michigan. They've got to make some room because they've got to get the bullpens. So in West Michigan, if you've ever been to a Whitecaps game, they have the bullpens in the field of play. It's in foul territory down the baselines. And Major League Baseball wants those bullpens to come off of the active playing field, so they want to put them beyond the outfield wall. So to do that, you need space. So what's the best way to make space? Bring in the fences! (laughs) 
It's a big ballpark in West Michigan anyway. Those, so, yeah, those power alleys are big. I will miss Spencer Torkelson and I were talking down in spring training, quick name drop for you, but yeah. he didn't he said the power alleys in West Michigan are power canyons. Yeah. Go on. No, they're giant. And it's funny, they fool us too. I think that's the funniest part. We'll get into our home run calls sometimes only to have it die out about a foot or two shy of the warning track, which is just entertaining at times. But I will miss bullpens being on the field uh, in foul territory because I felt like that mass scramble of pitchers getting out of the way of that ball that comes rifling down the uh, down the line there was pretty funny. But or the, or the seating of the relievers and nobody moving as the ball comes screaming in at 100 miles per hour. Uh-huh. Or when it knocks over the bag of balls and we go from having one to about 20 of them and you have to figure out which one they hit. So yeah, there's, there's, there's reasons why I'm going to miss it. But overall, just happy to see him coming in. And like you said, that's just the beginning of the renovations that they have going on. Tigers played today. That game has now gone final. They lose to the Tampa Bay Rays four to nothing on MLB opening day. And it looks like Tigers social media is already in mid-season form, Nate. It's game one. Game one. You normally see this about... 60 some odd games in what did they tweet out to to tell everybody what the final score was today tigers tweeted out final period and then the graphic of the score four to nothing (laughs) it's game one it's the first game of a new season and we're already here (laughs) they're already so done with this year social media person is is doing wonders over there They're not going to go up against Shane McClanahan every single night. Right, right. That is true. Still kind of funny. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about shutouts earlier in the show. Mind you, that was before the first pitch, and now here we are, first one of the season, first game. So, like we said, it is what it is. There's going to be growing pains. They're not going to be a very good team, but will those boxes be checked like we talked about earlier? That's the big question. I'll say this. Going into a game against the guy who started for the American League in the All-Star game last year, my expectations were not very high today. I still think there's a chance that this team could be closer to the 2021 version than the 2022 version. It's very much uh, like, a, like a Goldilocks Street Bear situation, right? One was way up, one was way down. Maybe the third's just right. I don't know. But I think what you could see is you could see something closer because I think they're paying more attention to the right details. The season's going to bear out whether or not that's true. But I do think that they have that somewhere within their range of outcomes. Yeah, I think that I, I saw that question posed, um, you know, it's closer to the 2022 or 2021. It, it's tough to get any worse. I don't think you can get any worse than what we saw um, in, in 2022. Really, like the, the, the only place you can go from here is up. And the thing about 2021 was, yeah, they turned it on. They turned it on late in the season when games started to mean a little bit less. They didn't have a chance to sneak into the playoffs at that point. I think the hope is now you can get that start to the season, that we can get those first couple of months and play the way that we have into September in previous years when we're winning games that, again, at the end of the day, isn't going to get us into the postseason. Let's get that start now, the first couple of months, um, and figure it out quicker. That would be uh, that would be the the preferred way of starting this season. Yes, I think they'll be closer to 2021, but again, the Tigers have had a reputation for that. Way late into the fall, all of a sudden they start picking it up. You can't afford to do that. I know back in hour one, we kind of did an impromptu pick the stick 
draft for who we thought was going to be <laughs> the most impactful hitter for the Tigers this season. Nate then promptly took pitcher yep. Matt Manning. Yep. So if we have a chance to do over here, <laughs> give me the three most important players for the Tigers' success this season. Well, it starts in the rotation. I think, like we talked about, young pitchers coming into their own. Mize, Scooble, they're still injured. So, you know, we need to get those I hope those they're not your back. most important players. No, they're not. They're not my most important players. The players who are not going to be able to participate. <laughs> um, in terms of the future, like I said, he can't just afford to be good. He has to be dominant, and that's Matt Manning. I think he is going to be the focus, focal point of this rotation. Um, Austin Meadows, um, obviously after what he went through last year, had a good game today. Um, Has he been able to work through those issues and return to the Rays version of Austin Meadows that we saw? Because I remember when we three for four today, Austin Meadows had three hits today. And when we saw him come over from the Rays, that was one of the most exciting trades in recent memory in my mind. I mean, just hearing that we got Austin Meadows, it was like, on top of the other signings we made in the offseason. I think a lot of Tigers forgot about him, you know, because he was away for so long. But to see him start the season like that, I think it goes Matt Manning, Austin Meadows, and then Javier Baez has to be Javier Baez. I mean, if you're spending more than $100 million on a player over a span of time, you need to hit the ball on a consistent basis. You can't swing at sliders that are two feet outside of the zone. Um, You can't go up there hacking away. He drew a walk today. That was exciting. But we need Javier Baez to get back to being the Javier Baez we remember in winning World Series in titles in Detroit. So I go Manning, um, Meadows, and then Javier Baez needs to have a great year. I love how you just made a walk sound like the most exciting play in baseball. <laughs> so I'm I'm surprised. So I have Baez on my list as well. He was the last name I had for my three. Mm. But I'm surprised you got through three players of the most important to the success of this team without talking about the two best young players on this team, mm-hmm. Spencer Torkelson and mm-hmm. Riley Green. I mean, if that, that's the engine that will drive this car. Mm-hmm. If those two guys aren't what they're supposed to be, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about the way that this house was built. It was built on Riley Green, who was a number one prospect in baseball. It was built on Spencer Torkelson, who was a number one overall pick. If they're not getting what they expect to get from those two guys all the rest of this goes out the window. Spencer Torkelson had a very, very underwhelming year last year, but he should have had an underwhelming year. He was rushed to the major leagues, and now, just now, he's at a place where he probably should be a big leaguer. Thought he think he had a base hit today, but the shift got him. It turns out that you still basically can shift in Major League <laughs> Baseball. We're just putting fancy rules around it to make it look like you can. So Spencer Torkelson, he, he's he's got to be what they expect him to be and he can't just be 260 with 20 homers and 60 70 rbis no like you if you're a first baseman you've got to hit you got to hit well and you got to hit often you've got to be 30 100 with a 300 batting average otherwise you're, you're just taking up space so he's got to find a way to get closer to that riley green is the other riley green showed enough last year in a season where everything was going wrong to where he could be something right. So to me, in Green, he's got to be an all-star. And, and not just the 
pity all-star representative that the Tigers and every other bad Major League Baseball team will get, despite the fact that they're way under 500. Riley Green has to be an all-star caliber player. But I think that's in his range of outcomes. I think yeah. we've seen that from him. Yeah. And maybe part of it is the fact that I was just assuming that Riley Green will be that for this outfield. Again, we talked about sure things in the outfield. Every other player, you again, you can rotate in, rotate around. It's yet to be seen who pans out in that position. You know, Kerry Carpenter, Akil Badu, you know, who, who's who's going to be in that spot. Maybe it was just my assumption that Riley Green is going to be that staple. Um, why I didn't work him into my top three. But uh, to your point about Torkelson, that's the scary thing, I think, for a lot of Tigers fans. Um, the fact that he can't just be 265 with 20 homers. He can't just be a good Major League Baseball player. He has to be great. He has to be the premier power hitter in this lineup because that's exactly what we drafted him for out of Vanderbilt. That was the entire purpose of why we went and got him. So completely understand what you said about all that. So not that they aren't important, but just didn't think about them in the way that I just assumed Riley Green will be the staple in the top three. one 838 huge one 838 Does a shutout loss on day one take any of the wind out of your sails from what you saw in spring to what you hoped for from the Tigers this year? Does today change anything? We'll talk about that as we finish up our number three on the other side of this break here on The Huge Show. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. The 1-2. Right side, Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Life as a grown-up. Not what you thought it would be, right? The meetings, the stress, the boredom, and that one big question. Does any of this matter? Then you became a cop. Not what you thought it would be, right? The pride, the honor, the love for the brothers and sisters who served with you. The family who reminds you how much you matter. Being a cop, not what you thought, right? Just what you needed, I guess. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Carter. Now they've made that move to partner with Dorn Mayhew, an Eastside firm, and now they're stronger than ever before. Big businesses, small businesses, taxes, any business need you have. You can turn to Tom Rosenbach and his team. Just go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Tom and his team also put up the $1,000 in cash in our Bracket Buster Challenge contest at thehugeshow.net. So if you entered the contest, uh, you can follow your picks all the way through the championship game uh, each and every day at thehugeshow.net. Just log in. You'll see it. It's simple and easy. And follow your picks if you took a shot at winning that $1,000 in the Bean Carter Bracket Buster Challenge. Follow your picks through the championship game at thehugeshow.net. That's thehugeshow.net. 
Tonight and tomorrow night, you can be part of the best hockey rivalry in the state of Michigan as round one of the OHL playoffs between the Saginaw Spirit and the Flint Firebirds happens inside the Dow Event Center in Saginaw. Get your tickets while they last at SaginawSpirit.com or at the Dow Event Center box office. Games three and four take place in Flint on Monday and Wednesday. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Unless you are driving around the great state of Michigan, then then don't stand up. Then stay seated. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It is the huge show here on a Thursday. Hour number three. Dan Hasty in for Bill Simonson. Nate Wangler's here. Superfly Hayes on the ones and twos today. Appreciate you, Superfly. Thanks for everything here this afternoon. Nate, uh, obviously less so for you. Uh, but thank you so much for, for spending some time. Uh, so let's talk about what we were just finishing up on with Tigers. I, I think you saw this as well. Did you see this deal that was created between major and minor league baseball players last night, essentially allowing minor leaguers to unionize? So now they have the ability to negotiate for themselves. It's a big step. And part of that is the fact that a lot of these guys are going to be paid a whole lot more. They've now received or going to receive essentially what amounts to year-long wages that are almost double, in some cases more than double, than what they've had in years past. Some of these guys, and we did this on the Road to Detroit podcast last season. We were talking with Kerry Carpenter, who's now a member of the Detroit Tigers' active opening day roster. Guy was pulling work and a job at Dick's Sporting Goods (laughs) once upon a time because he couldn't have enough money to make ends meet because he was a minor league baseball player. You Mm -hmm. hope now that's not going to be something that these guys are requiring required to do in the offseason and not even just thinking about it from the point of an American player's point of view talk about you know baseball is a very much an international game I don't you know we don't have to get into the world baseball classic or what you think of that but it shows can I can I give a comment can I give a comment on the world baseball classic that Shohei Otani is really good he's very good he's extremely good that's my that's my two cents on the world baseball classic Japan also in general is very good and their baseball culture is something that I feel like we could take a few pointers from can I say I'm really happy that Japan won yeah because I mean the ratings from Japan were just astronomical Mm -hmm. I didn't watch a whole lot of the world baseball classic but I will tell you <laughs> that they clearly cared. Mm-hmm. Japan's team, Japan's country, the people of Japan, that mattered a whole lot more to them than I think it did to us. Yeah. I'm glad to see that they won it. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was really proud of them. Of course, you talk about the importance pretty much anywhere outside of the United States. A lot of those players were like, this means just as much, if not more than the World Series does. But what I will say about minor league players being able to dictate their terms, sometimes we get 
players from outside of the United States that come from tough areas. And for one reason or another, they were gifted with athletic abilities that allowed us to pick them up, draft them, bring them over here to the United States. The fact that we are now giving those players the ability to dictate their own terms in terms of what they're going to make um, to, to allow them to not only make their mark, but you know potentially make a life at some point if they don't eventually climb to Major League Baseball, I, I think is huge. Not to just utilize them for what their athletic abilities are and then send them back to you know from wherever they came from. They're going to have the ability to make more gain more and and eventually hopefully make a life here in the United States if they want to even if they don't reach Major League Baseball and again this has been a big push to get them paid better and we know the money's there you know it's it's there it's just the fact that you know players aren't getting their fair shake and I think on the other end if you start paying them more they're going to start performing more you know if you feel more valued and you have better um, accessories and, and things that you could use to make yourself a better athlete, you will perform better when the organization invests in you. So I think this is a league-wide thing that is only going to help. Shout out to our friend Emily Walden. A couple of years ago, she put together an article talking about essentially how minor leaguers could no longer afford to play the game of baseball. And I mean, if you were playing in the minor leagues anywhere between 2000 and 2018, you didn't see any changes. But we've seen those changes over the past couple of years, and it's going to make the game better. A lot of people have year-round opportunities to continue training, and if you empower the player, you give them a better setup and you give them better chances to grow. Well, that's going to do it here for the huge show on a Thursday afternoon. Nate, thanks for coming in. Thanks for hanging out with us today, man. It was a riot co-hosting this show. Like I said, grew up listening to it. Thanks to Huge for allowing us to do this and can't wait to run it back. Nobody's more excited to see Bill Simonson walk into a room than <laughs> Nate Wangler. Let's go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bill's back on Friday. Talk to you then. This has been the Huge Show. Big. Bad. Huge.